Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers Podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Spark Chasers. I'm your host, Susan Riley, and I have something really exciting to share with you today, and I cannot wait to dig in. Over the last few weeks, we have been running our free arts integration boot camp experience over on Facebook. And now, basically, it's a pop-up group that's meant just for the purpose of helping people create an arts integration lesson that works for their February curriculum requirements. And at the end of our four weeks together, all the boot boot campers get a pack of the lessons created by all attendees and a PD certificate, which is pretty cool, right? And at the end of our experience together, we're going to be launching our arts integration certification enrollment season, which is opening next week. Now, what the heck does this have to do with all of us as teachers, right? This sounds like um, something that's meant just for kind of preparing for arts integration certification launch. But I've actually been thinking about this a lot because as I've been creating and supporting this pop-up experience, I have really been thinking about how this could be used in the classroom. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. Um, This pop-up experience that we've been working in, it's the first time we've ever done anything like this. We've done a lot of different things like webinars and challenges and, um, you know, emails, all of those kinds of things to try to better communicate with people and build connections. But nothing has been as effective as this pop-up experience, in my mind, since I've been doing this. Like the energy in our pop-up group and the connections that we've made and the learning that has happened. I can't even tell you how much I have learned from all of the people in this group. And as a leader, how exciting that is to still be able to learn from so many other people and perspectives. Um, I've never seen or been a part of something that has been as effective for me as a learner and as a leader as this pop-up experience. So that's what I want to share with you today because I really believe that you could use this pop-up experience as a way to better connect with your students, have more engaging lessons, be able to build more powerful learning experiences in a very short period of time. I wanna share with you the things that have gone well for me, what I would do differently, and how to use this kind of short-term, fun, and purposeful experience as a launch pad for your own lessons. Sound good? Let's dive in. Okay, so before diving into the creation of a pop-up experience for your students, it's important to understand what it is, right? So I want you to think of a pop-up experience like a pop-up restaurant or craft store in your area. I don't know if you've had one of those. I live in a smaller town 
Um, we do not, we've not had a pop-up restaurant that has appeared or a pop-up craft shop that has appeared. But I know that those are very popular down in Baltimore, which is about 45 minutes from where I'm located. So when I go into the city, I see them all the time, right? I've seen them on TV shows and all kinds of different stuff, like on Top Chef. I know they do a pop-up restaurant sometimes as a, as a challenge for Top Chef, right? So I'm sure that we have a, a somewhat of an understanding of what a pop-up experience is, right? It's, it's not designed to stick around forever. It's set up for a very specific amount of time. It's got a limited menu or items, and then it closes up and heads to the next area or just closes up, right? So um, it's a great way to test if something is going to work or not. So I imagine, number one, I, I would imagine that a pop-up would be a great way for you to test something that you've not done before. So if you're just dipping your toe into arts integration as a lesson and you've never done an arts integration lesson before, you might want to structure it in a pop-up experience, right? Because there's no harm there. Also, because it's for such a limited period of time, there's not a whole lot of risk, right? One of the things that I hated as a teacher was doing something that I've never done before, right, that I was expected to do, and then I had to do it for like four to six weeks. I, and here's, here's a perfectly good example of this. SLOs, student learning objectives, right? <laughs> the first time that I had to create a student learning objective that took four to six weeks, and then I had to do all the prep work in advance and all the analysis at the end. So by the time I was done with it all, it was really like 10 to 12 weeks and it didn't work, right? It was a flop and it was a flop, not just for me, but for everybody, because it was the first time we had done it. And I think one of the things that I hated the most about that experience, other than the kind of randomness <laughs> that is a, a, embedded in an SLO uh, in terms of assessment, Outside of that, I think it was just purely the amount of time that was taken to do something that none of us had done before, right? How many times have we been there as educators? I think we can all raise our hands for that with this pandemic and how we've had to shift to online hybrid in-person learning models. Um, I think one of the biggest frustrations for us is that when something is, is new, I don't necessarily think we are um, nervous about it because it's new. I think we're nervous about it because of the amount of time it's going to take. And we know how little time we already have with those kiddos in order to, to see an impact in their learning and help them grow, right? We don't want to waste any of that time. So I think one of the things I love most about the pop-up is that it is specific in time. It's very short, right? Um, and that it's limited in its menu of items. So if we think about a, a pop-up restaurant, you don't get all of the choices that you would get at a sit-down restaurant or even at a carry-out restaurant. It is a very specific limited menu that you get for this period of time, and that's it. So it almost has an exclusivity component to it. Like, you're only going to get these items here at this pop-up and it's only going to be for the next two weeks. And then outside of that, you're never going to see it again. So I think that builds the excitement as part of it as well. Um, and then the fact that it does close up and it's done, it gives you an end time, 
right? It gives you a time to say, okay, this is it. So there's no extension, right? Once a pop-up restaurant is done, like they've done their two weeks, they got to close up and go, right? Because that's what their permit was for. And so if you think of a pop-up learning experience the same way, it keeps you on track and it helps to um, kind of make sure that we're held accountable to finishing in a certain period of time. So the pop-up learning experience, I think, really has the same tenets. So when creating and using one of these, it's it's not meant to be for the full school year, right? It's not like, hey, we're going to do a pop-up learning experience for the year 2021-2022. No. <laughs> Instead, it's really for a very specific purpose, like introducing a large unit or participating with a teaching artist or sharing a performance or a production. Um, it's limited in time. I'm going to suggest to you two weeks at most. This is part of the learning that I've had to do when we did our first boot camp experience. So let me just give you an example. Sidebar, right? Um, when we prepped ours, we decided on a four-week time frame because of the purpose that we had. And we wanted to walk people through it and break some things down and really build that community and relationship. In, included uh, on top of those four weeks was a two-week introduction period where people could come in and kind of take their time getting to know the platform and all of that. And then after the four weeks, there's going to be a bonus week where we provide some additional trainings and support for moving forward after the boot camp is over, right? So really what I'm looking at all told is about seven weeks in this boot camp. And that is way, 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 way too long. If I could do this over again, I would condense this um, so that there's a week of introduction where people are hopping in, saying hello, all of that, gathering momentum, two weeks of core training and getting the tasks done, and then one week and we're with bonus materials and we're out. So I would condense this almost in half. So for you, if you're developing a pop-up learning experience, especially especially if it's the first time you've ever done one. I would limit this to two weeks because honestly, you don't have more than that in your curriculum, I don't think. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but if you're thinking about your curriculum right now and how much you've got to get done, four weeks feels pretty daunting, right? It, even for me saying that as a teacher and thinking about curriculum and what you have to accomplish, it gives me a little bit of a heart palpitation. So I'm thinking that for a pop-up experience in your classroom, two weeks at most is, is probably going to be good. And then it's also limited in scope, right? Like a pop-up experience has to be limited in what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. That scope piece. So when your purpose is defined, then what you're going to do uh, to get to that purpose is automatically narrowed, right? So no long, crazy projects or doing things that need lots and lots and lots of steps, right? You want to think, okay, what what specifically do I want them to walk away with from this pop-up learning experience? And then how do I get them there in a way that's simple and streamlined, right? So it cuts out some of the things that we would normally want to include. So I'm going to give you some examples of what these three things looks like for us in our boot camp experience. And as I'm sharing this, I want you to imagine that if you are setting up a boot camp experience for your students, how you would take what I'm sharing here and modify that for your students. And I'm going to give you some examples of that as well. That's where we're headed 
in the last portion, but I just, I want your wheels to be turning because what I'm sharing is specific to our bootcamp experience, but I think if you use the lessons that I'm going to share here and what I've learned, um, and not so that you don't make those same mistakes, but you take the good parts and put it in your classrooms, um, you're going to have this amazing experience that you can create for your students that I just, I hope that you'll be able to see and feel the same energy that we have from bootcamp. So let's talk about some tips for creating a successful pop-up. So as I said at the beginning, there are things about our pop-up experience that went really well and other things that I would change. So here are some of the big golden nuggets that I've learned that might help you as well. The first one is to map and plan as much as possible. Uh, so here's the good and the bad news about a pop-up. The majority of the work for you is done at the beginning. Your students are doing all of the work in the, the weeks that you have the pop-ups open, but you are doing the bulk of the work that you're going to need to do at the beginning. So that's a good thing in that that frees you up during that learning experience time to actually facilitate conversations and work with one-on-one -on -one with your students. It's bad in that it's a lot of work. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a lot of work, right? So let me talk about mapping and planning and how, what that looked like for us. For ours, we thought about what we wanted our boot campers to get out of the experience. Now, I want you to notice something. I keep talking about our, our participants or our students as boot campers. I like giving names to things. I think it makes your students feel special, feel like they are a part of something that is special, an experience that has been created for them. So call your boot camp something, right? Call your pop-up experience something. For us, we called it a boot camp. And so then we called all of our participants boot campers. And they felt like, yeah, I'm an I'm an arts integration boot camper. I'm in here and I'm learning, right? Give it give a name for your students and they're gonna hook in so much faster. So once we, we knew what we wanted our boot campers to get out of experience, which was they, I, we wanted them to create an arts integration lesson idea, right? A lesson seed um, that they could then use immediately in February. We didn't want this to be some far off thing that they were going to use next school year or maybe in the spring. We wanted them to develop it with us and then put it immediately into action because that is how we know that arts integration works. It's not sitting on it. It's taking action with it. So we knew that we wanted them to create that. We also knew we wanted them to have a collection of arts integration lesson ideas. It's one of the big things that people ask for us in our organization. Can you give me an idea for this? Can I get an idea for this? I'm struggling to come up with something creative or an idea. And here's the power of community. We have 800 people in that community, right? We want to be able to open this up to everybody. And when you walk away with hundreds of lesson ideas, no longer are you sitting there thinking, I have to create or be creative in some way. You can flip through these and go, oh, that would be great for my students. Oh, I really like that idea, right? So we wanted them to walk away with those two tangible things, an arts integrated lesson idea they could use right away in their curriculum and a curated list of lesson ideas that we had all worked on together and refined so that they would never have to be stuck again for an idea. And then we back mapped how to get there in four weeks. 
right? So each week needed to get participants one step closer to the end goal. So we decided to provide task cards each week that built upon each other so that people could visually see their progress. And here's the thing, the task cards, they're short. Like I think week two was just identifying two areas that you wanted to connect, like math and visual art or uh, reading and music, right? Just identifying those. That was the task card. It's not a lot. It's not like a big assignment. Um, So each week's task card built upon the other. And we knew that because people were coming to us with varying experience levels here, that we're going to need to provide some training. So we decided to provide one task each week, one that they filled out in that task card, and one short video training each week. So the video trainings are like 15 to 20 minutes with time for questions built in. Right. And since we hosted it in a Facebook group, that meant I needed to create the task cards as single posts that could be downloaded, as well as weekly instructions and visuals, and then schedule all of those in advance so that I wasn't constantly trying to keep up. Right. Because I wanted to be able to facilitate the weeks that it was open. So I needed to schedule all of that. And then I needed to figure out a way to organize all of those pieces so that people could easily find them and catch up if they needed, which we ended up using the units feature in Facebook. And that was really, really helpful because then nobody felt like they were behind. If they missed a week, they could pop in, click on the units, go back to week one and complete that task card in order to move on. And everything was nicely organized and bundled for people. So again, they didn't have to search through all of the posts in the discussion area. They could just go to the units, focus on what they needed and go. Um, And then uh, once we figured out how to organize and get people where they needed, I needed to write out an email each Monday to help people stay on track. I think that was really important for me um, so that if people, sometimes they're not in the group, right? They've got other stuff going on. They're professionals. So in order to kind of stay top of mind, here's the things that you need to get done this week. Now, if you're working with students, you're not going to use an email, right? You might. You might if you're doing Google Classroom or Canvas or whatever and and you're doing online um, education. That, yeah, absolutely send an email. But it could be you write out the instructions for the week and you provide them for students in class at the beginning so that they can work towards it as you move forward. Okay. Um, Second, ensure that you provide support. This is a big one. Depending on the size of your pop-up and its intent, you're going to need different levels of support. Now, if you're doing it with just one class of 30 students, you're going to be the support. And you might want to bring in a a parent volunteer or something, maybe, but you're going to be the support. If you're organizing a large school event as a pop-up, you can't be the only support person, right? For us, we have over 800 people who registered for, for boot camp, which means that's a lot of support. So um, Tiffany, our executive director of academics, she's been on the show before. She and I, and even the rest of my team, are not the only ones who are going to be able to support 800 people who are working on their tasks and sharing every single day. So we brought in our level two certification coaching candidates And we brought them in each week on a specific schedule. So we have this amazing group of coaching candidates who are who are training to be arts integration certification coaches. 
and um, they've been learning all year long about how to coach other adults, right? And so this gives them a practicum experience in that. And what we did was we gave them a weekly schedule. So on Mondays, you know, Maria's going to be in there on Monday this week. She's going to be in there Tuesday the following and Wednesday the following. So everybody has a different day, different time, a rotating schedule. And she's just going to go in and be in charge that day of coaching whoever has been putting in their their task card that day and really getting them going, right? Um, I can't tell you how important it is to be able to have that kind of support. So if you are working on this on a large scale, think about who could you trust to come in and provide that kind of support, make sure people stay on task, make sure that they're uploading things well. Um, we had some people who were struggling with annotating their task cards. So we created a, a tutorial video. You got to be able to do a little bit on the fly in terms of support, which is why that map and planning piece at the beginning is so important because you don't want to have to be creating the instructions the same time you're trying to support your learners, right? So make sure that you have ongoing support kind of built in there to make sure that you're helping people move through your pop-up group experience. And finally, don't overextend. And I'm saying this from my experience because this is what I tend to do, my friends. I get, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who does this, I get excited about an idea and then I go, oh, we could do this and oh, we could do this and we could add this on it. And suddenly this idea that started out really simple has become really complicated and there's a lot of moving pieces, right? It's really tempting to have lots of moving pieces and to keep adding cool experiences to the pop-up. Here's how I did this. Um, I was getting ready for a training session with Tiffany one evening. We, we did those on Tuesday nights. And I remember right before we went live, I looked at her and I was like, you know what would be really cool for this pop-up? To give them the experience of an office hour because we offer office hours during our certification program where people can pop in and we like go through their project and ask them specific questions and really help them hone and refine those things. And I was like, you know what? We could do that in this pop-up group and we call it Hot Seats. And anybody who volunteered for a hot seat, we could pick some um, and go through and offer them specific feedback so people could watch how we do that. They could get feedback on their ideas. And Tiff was kind of like, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then we go live. <laughs> and at the end of the live training, I put it out there to the group. I was like, hey, what do you guys think about this idea? Do you like it? If so, put in the yes or a thumbs up. And everybody was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Great. So I'm going to put in a poll tomorrow. You let me know if you want to participate in the hot seat. We're going to go live 2 p.m. on Thursday. <laughs> Two days after <laughs> the idea had popped into my head, right? Layering these experiences. And Tip kind of looks at me like, are you kidding? <laughs> like You just had this idea. And that's one more thing to add into the boot camp experience. It would be different if I had planned for that, maybe. Um, but I think it's more powerful if you can kind of rein yourself in when you get an idea like that would be really cool for the experience, write it down and use it for next time. Because once you do one pop-up experience, I promise you, you're not going to stop. You're going to do some more because they're just really fun. So just write it down and use it for next time. Um, trying to do too much in terms of both the task and the support 
will backfire. It will. Um, So keep it simple, efficient, and high energy. That's something that we've gotten a lot of feedback about from people. Very positive feedback is the energy level that is in this group. It is positive. We curate this group heavily to make sure that everybody is staying in the Um, you know, positive spiral and not a downward spiral. We want to make sure everybody is supporting each other and that we're learning together and that we're providing constructive and helpful feedback for each other because the end goal is the same. We want everybody to see success. And so that becomes a powerful energy that is in that group that everybody then emulates. So Let's say this pop-up experience sounds cool and maybe even something that you'd consider for your own PD. Don't worry, we're going to provide another pop-up experience for our upcoming summer conference because I just think it's really fun. And um, I'm telling you, I've never seen a group like this, so we're definitely going to do it again uh, for PD. So if you want it for your own PD, we're going to have it. But let's talk about how to tangibly use this in your classroom. Right? So how do you take this kind of learning experience that maybe you'd love to do for your own PD and make it useful for your classroom? There are so many applications and possibilities for a pop-up learning experience, my friend. So here's a few ideas off the top of my head that you might want to consider. One is a spring arts pop-up. So you can have all of the arts team showcase student work and performances over the course of two weeks in an online group or evening. So let's let's talk brass tacks here, okay? One, when I say an online group, um, we used Facebook for bootcamp because it was an easy platform that a lot of people are already in. However, you could just as simply do this in a free online forum. Many of the platforms that schools are using right now for online learning or hybrid learning like Canvas and Schoology and and Google Classroom have an online group feature um, that you could leverage for this kind of experience. So you could do that. If your school is open to social media, Facebook is a really easy tool to use. Um, There's also a really awesome um, online community forum called Buddy Boss. So um, Buddy Boss. So if you want to kind of build it from scratch, there's that. And there's another one called Tribe, T-R-I-B-E, tribe.so, that you could build your own closed online community. So just the people in your community could access that. There's a lot of different tech tools that are available to set something like this up. So if you want to do a pop-up experience online, that's an easy way to do that. Um, and particularly if you're looking at on, if you're if you've been in online learning or hybrid learning this year, um, this is a great way to do that. I've had several people reach out to me and say, you know, our spring art show, I want to be able to showcase my students' stuff, and I'm going to have to do it online because of of you know COVID restrictions. How do I do that and still get people to come? This is a great way to do that. This pop-up experience, give them some things, some tasks to do. Give them something, a very specific outcome in terms of watching certain performances. You could provide badges that they could collect based on how many performances or art shows or whatever they went to over the spring arts pop-up. And if they collect all of the badges, they get entered into a raffle. So that's a great way to get your community involved, right? To be able to provide raffle items. 
that's a great advocacy tool. Um, another way that you could use this is a teaching artist pop-up. So bringing in a teaching artist and use the pop-up for both a teaching experience and as a showcase for what students can create. Parents and other staff can pop in, participate, and see the power of these experiences. And what I love about this is that your pop-up can be as simple as you want or as complex as you want. Careful with that complexity piece. But you can have images and you can have text conversations and you can have videos. So it can be this multimedia experience that connects with an outside source like a teaching artist or having um, if you want to have community partners come in and showcase like a community careers aspect you could totally do that as well you could have an arts integration or steam design challenge so you could create a challenge for students to participate in during a set time using specific supplies or video based clues in the pop-up so they have to go to the pop-up find the clue and then create something within that design challenge that's leading them to the larger design at the end right there are other ways to use this would be for an introduction to a larger unit as a formative assessment for a project or even as a makerspace area right of course there are way more possibilities than just these and i'd love to hear what your ideas are, what ideas are churning for you right now? Because I know as I'm saying all of these ideas, these are just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure that right now your brain is hopping and you're like, oh yeah, I could do that here. And I, could, I would love to hear what ideas are percolating for you. So remember, you can use that Ask Me Anything button on the podcast page to share with me your ideas and what's percolating to the surface. Just head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers and you'll find today's notes all about pop-up groups, con uh, the contact area, and links for more resources. And please remember that if you're enjoying this show, I would be so honored if you would share it with somebody else that you think would find value in it um, because it's, it's so helpful when we can help each other and not just you and me together. Because all together, we can create, we can chase the spark of our ideas and make a brighter future for everyone. I will see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friends. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.